as I've like gotten older and more mature in sales ops, I've realized that like slowing down is really important. I'm making sure that you're doing a full, complete job. You have the enablement ready. You have everything ready. And slowing down and actually achieving your goals is more important than just running around all in place. This is Rev Ops Demystified, the number one most downloaded podcast in revenue operations. We invite the brightest minds in RevOps onto the show to deconstruct the what, why, and how behind rep productivity, forecasting, metrics, and all things revenue. This podcast is brought to you by Ebster, a revenue intelligence platform used to identify risk in the pipeline and score customer engagement. Hello and welcome to another very special episode of the Sales Ops Demystified podcast. Today we're joined by Matt Amadei, who's the head of revenue operations at Tigera. Matt, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Tom. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. So I'm sensing around seven years' experience in sales ops, recently transitioned into revenue operations. Can we first understand why you came into sales ops uh, around seven years ago? It's a good question. I, um, you know, I was working for a company called Job Science at the time, um, which I know you know was partners with Ebsta, and uh, we, um, you know, we were built on Salesforce, and I just saw the power of the platform, and is really where I don't know. I guess I've always been like. A, a guy who was, you know, always trying to like drive efficiencies and find the fastest way to get from, you know, one place to another place sort of thing. And so it kind of just like felt right. I really enjoyed the, uh, the work of just like figuring stuff out and really, um, you know, really getting to getting to create these processes for the whole team and stuff. So I saw like an entry to it because I was working as an account manager at job science and I just took that opportunity um, when it was available, working internally at Job Science, and it's been great. It's uh, it's challenging and rewarding, and you know you really feel like you're strategic, you're a strategic role. So um, you know I've, I'm I'm glad I made the transition out of like a customer facing role. To be honest with you, so do you think there's some, like because you're not, I guess, part of the operation itself, that enables you to step back and spend time like improving or making the operation more efficient and that work is more strategic than just selling right yeah i agree correct yeah exactly it's like i get to i get to make important decisions on how you know the future of the company is going to you know how we're going to operate in the future of the company instead of just being one one salesperson i mean the salespeople are great i love all the salespeople they're it's fun to work with them there's a lot of interesting personalities as you can imagine as you know and um you know, so I just, I just really enjoy being, yeah, kind of like that tactical. I, I kind of think about it like, you know, when, um, you know, like in any war, like World War II, there's always the guys in the back that were like planning all the, all the things, you know. So it's kind of, you know, being, being the planner, 
um, is, is very exciting and rewarding, especially when you see, you know, your processes and the way, you know, when you see the impact that you've made on a company um, is really rewarding. Yeah, let's be very careful not to belittle the incredibly valuable and important role that sales reps run here. <laughs> but we're just saying that it's also quite fun to plan. Um, yeah. Let's fast forward to today. So, yeah, am, am I getting the pronunciation of Tigera right? Tigera, yes. That's Perfect. Um, was there a RevOps function before you joined? No. No RevOps function before I joined. So I was like the guy who created the RevOps function. I was the one, they originally hired me as sales ops. And then I quickly told them, you know, hey, I think since we really don't have marketing ops, we don't have CX ops, I'm kind of, I'm kind of finance ops too, covering the whole gamut here. Uh, we should create a revenue ops function. And then once we hire, you know, now that we've hired for marketing ops, we've hired for a CX ops guy, those guys all roll up to me now, or those people all roll up to me now. And, um, you know, so it's much, uh, it's a much more, it's much better way because now the CMO and the VP of customer success and the VP of sales, they're all our customers instead of us being kind of spread out. I feel like that's, that's how the old model was. So did you hire those people in marketing ops and CX or they were already hired when you joined? No, I hired them, and uh, then yeah, they were approved. You know, the the marketing leader, marketing leader was the hiring manager as well. We were kind of like a dual role. And do you report into the CRO? Uh, there is no. He's a VP of sales. I do report into the VP of sales. Yes, um, which is still, you know, I I think it's a, I think it's a good good way. I know a lot of companies report into like a chief operating officer or VP of operations, but we just don't have that role at our company. Um, and, uh, you know, so there's not, it's just, they're more focused. Yeah. It's just, we don't, you just don't have that role. So I'm just still rolling up to the VP of sales. I think ideally you'd want to roll up to the VP of operations if there was one or a COO. Got it. I mean, we did have an example a couple of weeks back where the, the head of RevOps was reporting to CFO which is quite interesting. Yeah. They're more independent from the business. Right. Um, because right. here, like, do you not then have the CMO coming to you? Like, if they're not like, because you're not reporting into the marketing or the success lead, is there any conflict there? Um, I wouldn't say there's conflict because we have weekly, we have weekly sync meetings with the marketing leader, with the customer success leader. We you know that they're involved in all of our sprint planning. Um, and so we, we cut everything up into two week, two week sprints and we discuss what we're going to do. And they're involved in the sprint planning meetings basically every week. And then kind of ensuring that, you know, what their requirements are getting done and we're moving forward. And then we also have quarterly goals that, you know, were because the problem with the two week sprints is you kind of lose sight of the bigger picture sometimes if you're just focusing on these two week sprints. Um, and so when we have quarterly goals that we check in with once a month and we're kind of, I mean, I'm always checking in individually, but we check in with the, you know, the CMO or the customer success leader once a month on those bigger overarching goals. Like, you know, this month, this quarter, our goal is enablement, you know, cause we have a lot of, we have a lot of docs on how to do all these things. And it's like, um, they're just kind of all over the place. So it's like organizing them, creating a whole you know, playbook. Uh, so when people onboard, it's much smoother. It's kind of one of the things we're focused on this this quarter, for example. Got it. I mean, let's dig a little bit more into 
into this, in, into enablement. Um, what is like the, do you have like a metric target for the end of the quarter? It might be quite hard with this, I guess, but like what's the goal with this quarter of focus? Um, the goal of this quarter is, yeah, enablement and um, onboarding because we found that we just, like, we recently hired this customer success, you know, person and we hired our marketing operations person, like, I don't know, I want to say February or so, maybe January, February. So it was January, actually. So like for a while, it was just me kind of running the show. And uh, it's hard, you know, when it's just one person doing all these different things, you definitely you definitely leave some stuff behind because you're just not able to get everything done. So yeah, I, I have a lot of docs. This we're like every time we're, we're really starting to scale now. Like we just hired two reps and we're hiring, we're supposed to hire a three in the next quarter. And I think we're hiring five total for the end of the year. So, or five or six total for the end of the year. So we really just want to make sure we have a smooth onboarding process. Like everything's so spread out. We have lessonly and we have kind of some lessons in there. And then we have a bunch of docs that are kind of like spread out. And the goal of the quarter is just to have, you know, when on the end of the quarter, um, you know, when we were, so we're able to have like people just sign up people, when people come on board, they're able to onboard easily. They know exactly where all the documents are, all the, processes it's like an easy easy map um to kind of like see how all the where all the different things are um different like uh, flow charts and stuff like that um our lesson you know we have lessonly and it's kind of it's kind of old and outdated so that's what we're working on right now updating all that making sure that it's like a smooth even like even stuff like like this is kind of embarrassing but even stuff like you know, just like the first thing we did was like create a checklist of all the different all the different uh, tools that we have that we that we that we sign them into. Before it was kind of just like me having to remember, and just stuff like writing that down. It was like I can't believe we didn't do that before, but we didn't like slow down and then think about okay, like let's focus on one area and how can we improve that one area. And then you think like, oh god, this is such low hanging fruit. I can't believe I didn't do this six months ago or a year ago. You know, because that would happen all the time. Somebody would come on board and then be like, oh, you forgot to give them their LinkedIn sales navigator license. I'm like, oh, sorry. Let me do that real quick. So it just makes us look bad. You know, you don't want... If as you're a new sales rep and you, you know, your, your ops guy forgets to give you your LinkedIn sales navigator license and you got to ping him and do... You know, it just looks like a shoddy operation. You know, it puts less, less trust in the company. Um, and so we're just cleaning all that stuff up. And that's what kind of the growing pains of being like a Series B company you know kind of like really getting getting our hitting our stride um with you know scaling operations we're finally getting into predictable revenue the predictable revenue um you know goal which is which is awesome you know it kind of had lumpy revenue so it's it's, it's going to be it's, it's awesome we're really we're really picking up steam amazing yeah how can you expect the sales rep to do everything you want them to do in terms of admin if you can't get them their sales navigator license on time Alex, I'm going to bring you in now to dig a little bit deeper, please. Right. Great. Thanks, Tom. And thanks, Matt. Um, yeah, some really interesting pieces there. And sounds certainly like um, a really good, fun journey that you've been going through with, with Tiger and, um, and before, too. Um, yeah, no, it's been great. Yeah, I, was just think, I think there's just a lot of value to just really when you sort of essentially shared what your experience felt like before and, and how you've been sort of tidying up. So you sort of said, you know, you're rushing around. It was all in your head. And, yeah. you know, just reminding me how, again, particularly when you were 
the guy, you know, doing ops for all the different go-to-market functions. And, and of course, you know, it's all about prioritization. You're not doing everything. You're letting a lot of it slide, presumably because you have to. Um, and it's hard to make that kind of consistent progress. Um, and as well as dealing with, you know, all the sort of the fires and things that pop up. So I wonder if you could sort of speak a bit around how you, you managed because I mean, I think you see with the, with your how you're running your team, but how you, you managed accomplishing bigger goals while also dealing with the kind of the urgent things that come up, which must have been a lot of your time when it was just you running the whole ops function. Right. No. Yeah, that's a good question because it's and to be honest, in the first year that I worked at Tigera, it was really easy to lose sight of those bigger goals and then come back at the end of the quarter and be like, oh. I'm sorry, I didn't even begin to work and think about this, you know, and that actually happened a couple of times. And then we talked about it and I was like, hey, you know, we need to have, I mean, I'm going to, I I set aside time on my calendar, an hour each week, which doesn't seem like a lot, but sometimes you just need to because it fills up quickly with focusing on each goal that I have that quarter, you know, and what, how I progress that goal. And it's, I think that's just like the biggest thing, writing it down, setting aside time and then having check-ins um, at first it was just check-ins with myself, you know, in that time, um, check-ins with my, with my direct manager once a month, um, and just developing because, you know, I've always been doing like the whole like two week sprint thing. And that's what I found. Um, cause that's, I mean, Tiger is a very developer driven company. Um, you know, they do the sprints. And so that's kind of, I just adopted it when I came here at demand base, it was kind of more of the wild west, I would say, but, um, you know, so like that's I I learned that early. It's easy to lose sight of the big picture, and it's just having those, I guess, having those big picture items included in like a weekly, in like a weekly uh, session where you're actually thinking about it and then writing down the progress you've made. I'm a big believer in just writing progress down, like writing down your goals, writing down your, your updates, writing down, you know, what you did or, you know, how you can like just reflecting on the week. Um, I think that's super important. And that's something that I didn't do in the first six months or nine months of this job. And it really, it really like, you know, it was negatively affected me because I wasn't like, I, I, you know, I would come in at the end of the quarter and be kind of embarrassed because, you know, at the last two days of the quarter, I'm like, Oh my God, I forgot I was supposed to work on this this quarter and I'm rushing. And then I turn in something that like, you know, is a quarter as good as what I would have done because I forgot about my goal all quarter and then did it at the very end. Like I'm in high school over again, kind of thing, you know, and uh, so, <laughs> or primary school, as you guys call it, um, <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, so I think the biggest thing is just writing it down and being aware and having like weekly check-ins if with yourself or your boss or just somebody so you can, you know, you can remember that you're having those goals. You know, I think, uh, I think that's the most important thing. And just say, yeah, setting aside time for it. That's, that, that's what worked for me. Cause to be honest, I wasn't, um, you know, I wasn't doing as well. I know. And then I'd be down on myself. You know, I wasn't doing as well as I wanted to do at the beginning because you get so task oriented. Um, it's hard to, it's hard to, um, I actually have a, yeah, I actually have a funny meme. Can I share a meme that I think is uh, relevant to um, yes. sales ops here? Where I yeah, should have had for- it ready. Hold on, sorry. I should. And then this was kind of how it was when I first joined Tigera. Oh, here it is, right here. This is kind of how it was when I first joined Tigera. Um, 
And, you know, and then when you join any startup in that stage, uh, I think this is a kind of a funny meme that I found. <laughs> yeah. So. I can certainly speak to lots of people with uh, that. I, I don't really know why me. so many people have admin access. I'm trying to take <laughs> it away from them and they don't like me for it. Yeah. Yeah. I no. When I came on board, everybody, everybody had admin access. It seemed like, um, and you know, it's just, that's just the stage of the company and where they're at. You know, they didn't have a revenue ops hire before me. They didn't, they kind of had the, the, you know, people standing in and setting things up and they, you know, so it's just to be expected. Um, but that's the fun. I, that's what I really enjoy. I think it's fun. It's really exciting to come into some place that's on fire or not on fire, but you know, like some place that has technical debt and then you, you know, really fix it up and, you know, you get to be strategic. So. Yeah, no, I'm not, yeah, hundred percent. I think it's, it's great, isn't it? To realize, you know, you have a great business that's making progress despite, as you said, actually the foundations being really shaky and all that sort of technical debt. And, and you're, you're still all running towards this goal as you're sort of maturing and building out the supporting structure to take you further and further. So that's definitely right. a big, exciting part, I think, of the, the revenue operations journey. Um, I really liked your your piece because I've also worked in a sort of a two weekly sprint culture, and it's great for I think getting stuff done, you know, being agile, uh, being able to continue to reassess. And you you do you do get into that thing if you get a new things so you need coming up, um, you know, every week or every couple of weeks, and it can be as you said very easy to lose sight of your quarterly goals. So that that sort of that check in and that let's put something in the calendar for them for all of them, and let's make sure on a, you know at least a monthly basis with the whole team we're checking. We're checking against progress, so that we are we are biasing what we we do. You know, we're, we're making we're focusing those sprints around achieving those goals. Because, yeah, again, are those are those OKRs just on paper, or are they actually what we're running towards? Um, and if they are, then then we need to make sure we run there. So I think that was right, exactly. uh, that was super helpful because it's just it's just a huge problem when you're you know as you said you're building you know, you know building as you go and um, and supporting somewhere where. You know, there's been there's been maybe the Wild West before, and you're really trying to you know bring order and, and structure. You need some sort of some kind of structure because, especially if you're just like a one person show at a small startup or a one or two or three person team, like it's real real easy to just turn into like running around with your hair on fire every single day for a year straight. You know, um, and I've been in those roles before where it's like there's not really any structure, there's no goals, you're just like you know, keeping the trains running on time and, you know, doing, you know, you're kind of doing whatever, you know, you're, it's hard to, it's, 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 it's hard to grow in those roles, I think, because you're just too busy focused on, you're too task oriented. And so I think in the last couple of years, at least for me, my goal, a goal, a big, something I'm trying to be just cognizant about and really get away from is being so task oriented, being more goal oriented. Great. And actually that was kind of, where I was wanting to take this sort of direction of the, the question. So thinking a bit about, you know, from, from going from being that one-man band in the upside to growing your team and, and scaling out and you know, building out the documentation as you sort of, how have you been sort of taking your, your department into being, you know, into being goals orientated and, and as well as yourself? Well, just do the same exact thing with them, you know, same exact thing with, uh, I mean, kind of like, yeah, pretty much just copied what I did with myself, you know, talk about their goals. We check in monthly, um, 
they, I, I, you know, advise, I don't tell them to do anything cause I don't want to, you know, I advise them to, you know, put an hour, set aside an hour on their calendar to kind of check in and make sure that they're progressing on those goals and reflect on what they've done in the past week on those goals. And if anything, just use that hour to work on that particular goal. You know what I mean? If you can work one hour a week for 12 weeks in a row, then you've worked 12 hours. I'm sure you've done some pretty good progress on whatever you're trying to do. Um, so, I mean, it's really just, yeah, kind of practicing what I preach, right? Doing kind of just uh, whatever, hey, this worked for me. And then if somebody works a different way, I mean, I'm not opposed to, you know, being, uh, being open. And I'm a recently new manager, you know, so I still kind of learning as I go. So I'm, I'm definitely, I'm trying to let, you know, don't let my ego get in the way of anything is the whole idea. And, uh, you know, but that has worked for us so far. I mean, I feel like we've all had successful quarters, um, you know, our CX ops guys onboarding, we're pretty well. It's been like three or four months now, two or three months now. Um, and so, you know, we're all driving towards similar goals that, you know, it's like that the department has. So it feels like, you know, we're becoming a real department, you know, it's kind of exciting. <laughs> oh. Well, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so no, I mean, that, I mean, I don't know. I don't really have, I mean, that's kind of, I kind of just copied what I did with myself with them as kind of a similar thing. Just. I feel like because we do the same, you know, our, our kind of sprints are all together, you know? So it's like, we're all doing these sprints. Um, you know, we have a sprint for each department, you know, sales, CX and marketing, which is kind of a lot. I think, I don't know if that's a good idea. I think we should combine them maybe, but um, you know, and then just kind of making sure all our goals are aligning. I think that's kind of the big difference here was, you know, that's what we, that's what we're doing now that we kind of, we weren't doing before when it was just me. Um, and it's been great. Um, so that's, yeah, what I have there. Oh, great. Well, thanks, Matt. So one last question from me, which is, um, since you just fl- throwing the floor open to you, so any, anything that you're particularly interested in at the moment, you know, anything that you see is where the, f- the future of where RevOps is going, or maybe a new best practice or something that's fallen out of date or really any kind of, Someone described it before as a hot hot take you may have in the area. Anything kind of of insight that you may fancy to share with us aside from your meme game? Um, Insight that I'd like to share apart from my meme game. That's that's interesting. Um, I mean, I would say it's just, I don't know. I don't have like, I don't know. I mean, I don't have like a hot take. It's more like, you know, I think just the important thing is like, I feel like in sales ops or revenue operators moving so fast all the time. And I always like prided myself on moving fast and still paying close attention to detail and the sales ops wizard, blah, blah, blah. But then as I've like gotten older and more mature in sales ops, I've realized that like slowing down is really important, you know, and making sure that you're doing a full complete job. You have the enablement ready, you have everything ready and, you know, slowing down and actually achieving your goals is more important than just running around all in place. And I think that's the biggest thing I've learned is like, cause I've always, I, I used to be that sales ops guy that kind of just like covered every little, everything and did it every, you know, added all the responsibility I possibly could. But then like, you know, it's the old jack of all trades, master of none type thing, you know? Um, so like slowing down and actually delivering good, good deliveries, good results on, you know, three great things is better than 10 half done things. And I think that's just the biggest takeaway I've learned in the last five or six years of my life. Cause I went from like the, I used to be kind of like a high strung, you know, guy that just running around and wanted to do everything. And, uh, I guess that's what I've learned as I've matured. So 
Oh, great. Well, thanks very much. Um, and Tom, do you want to come back and wrap us up? Slowing down in sales ops. There's some wisdom there, Matt. Final question. <laughs> Who in the world of sales slash RevOps would you most like to take for lunch? Um, oh, I... What is the guy? Um, who in the world? The guy with the blue hair at Outreach. What's his name? He does. Um, he's so funny. I was just I was reading all of his things. Um, Revenue Sam. I think his name is Sam. He's the BDR guy. Um, and I was listening to some of his podcasts. Um, and then there's also there's a. I'm really impressed with what they're doing at Six Sense. Um, I'm listening to a couple of their Six Sense. Uh, his name's Kyle. And uh, Kyle, Kyle Six Sense. Let me see what is his name. Is his name Kyle? Uh, maybe I think it's not Kyle. I think it's Sam Nelson at Outreach. Sam Nelson, yes, Sam Nelson. That's the guy. Uh, I really like what he does. And then the Six Sense uh, VP of Revenue Ops and Six Sense. His name is. Sorry, I should have had this ready. I apologize. <laughs> no worries. No, no. We did, we didn't actually tell you this question, so. Um. What is his name? Hold on, let me look it up really quick. I, I actually did have like a, I had a conversation with him at um, not that long <laughs> okay. ago. We, we will link this person in the show notes slash on the blog post, unless you can find him in five seconds. Kyle. Um, no, his name's not Kyle. Okay, it's fine. I apologize. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. VP of Co- Corey, Corey Geyer? Corey Geyer, that's the guy. Geyer, yeah, that's the guy. Geyer, Corey Geyer. Geyer. I couldn't find him. He's previous awesome, dude. previous guest. You oh, he's a previous guest. He's yeah. awesome. before before my time. Before mm. your time, I was going to say I looked back and I listened to a couple. I didn't look back far enough. I guess he, they're what they're doing at Sixth Sense just blew my mind, and that, it really gave me a lot of inspiration for what our current goals are here at Tegera. So um, I think it's important to listen to these podcasts and stuff like this. It's, um, yeah, we, we agree. It's very important to listen to the best podcasts in sales ops. Uh, I'm joking. Yeah, exactly. I'm joking. There are many great... I know. You're not joking. It's important. I agree. We should be listening to this podcast. <laughs> Matt, I want to thank you for coming on and giving a very a authentic, relaxed um, view um, and approach, which is different from other guests we have. Um, but for me, the thing that stood out was your final point about slowing down. We're actually going to call this episode slowing down in sales operations because it's something we haven't heard before and delivering three awesome things instead of seven mediocre things i think is a super important lesson for the audience so matt thank you so much for coming on thank you so much i appreciate it thank you for listening to this episode of rev ops demystified If you're listening on a podcast listening application, please follow, rate, and review the show. And if you have any questions about the show, can recommend a guest or just want to learn more about RevOps or Ebster, hit us up at podcast at ebster.com.